What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the third episode of the In My Prime podcast. Today, we'll be continuing with week one player prop lookaheads, and the four games I'll be going over are the Panthers at the Falcons, the Cardinals at the Commanders, the Jaguars at the Colts, and the Niners at the Steelers. So, for the first game, it's going to be Carolina at Atlanta. This is a play that I'm like going to play no matter what, pretty much. I'm like 100% confident that this play is going to get laddered, probably one and a half uniteded. Like, I love this spot. <clears throat> this line is Miles Sanders over his receptions or receiving yards. This line is just, it's going to open up way too low. I mean, the dude averaged one and a half targets, one and a half or 1.2 receptions, and 4.6 yards last year. So, I mean, the books aren't just going to come out and be like, oh, yeah, three and a half receptions, like 19 and a half receiving yards. Like, no, that, that's not how it works. Like, they're, they're going to open it up too low. I'm very confident in that. So last year, I mean, that Eagles situation for running backs, it's bad. I mean, Philly had a 12.1% running back target share, which ranked dead last. And Gainwell was in that receiving back role. So, I mean, he wasn't the guy. And Jalen Hurts just, like, He's not a checkdown quarterback at all. This quarterback, Bryce Young, I mean, he fed Jameer Gibbs in college. Even Brian Robinson was kind of involved in the receiving game in college. Obviously, Gibbs got fed because Gibbs is damn good at receiving the ball, catching the ball. But, I mean, at least it's, it's good to at least see that his quarterback is willing to throw to running backs. Uh, the Panthers' receiving weapons are pretty damn bad. I mean, I talked about this in my Bryce Young under-passing touchdown in the uh, – season-long player prop video. Like Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Terrace Marshall, maybe Mingo's good, but, I mean, these guys just aren't good. And when, like, your receiving weapons, your wide receivers aren't very good. Tight end Hayden Hurst isn't very good. Like, there's no need to force some targets, you know. So I could definitely see Sanders benefiting from that. Uh, he's been getting a lot of hype off season two. Uh, framed right. Um, he, there was a video of him, like, oh, we're going to get Miles Sanders back to 50 receiving yard, receptions a year. And maybe it's all bullshit, probably bullshit. He's just talking, but... Um, and then beat reporters, too, have been hyping it up, too. So I, I don't think it's going to be complete bullshit. Maybe, like, the, I mean, the exact numbers, obviously. But, I mean, it's encouraging to see, like, people talking good about it and then talking about how they want to get him involved. Underdog NFL tweeted out, loose expectation is for Sanders to have three to five receptions a game, and I really wish I didn't tweet that because if that is the reason why the line moves, that's going to suck. <laughs> but, I mean, like I said, just everyone, I mean, that obviously came from a beat writer or Reich, one of those people, but it's just another example of people talking it up. And last of all, Sanders is on a four-year $25 million contract, so like in today's NFL, that's like a workhorse contract, so that just gives me confidence that we're going to see him on more third downs, maybe two-minute drills, and then just for him to be a focal point in this offense because he probably is their best weapon. So you want to get your best players of all and get them the ball to the receiving game. It's against the Falcons. It's three-point dogs. But honestly, I really don't care about the matchup because I just expect this line to be too low in week one. Um... I'll be betting this instantly as it comes out. 
I'm going to be a little dork lurking on the lines, <laughs> like just checking, refreshing, like, damn, when's this Miles Sanders line coming out? When's it coming out? Like, I'm going to be, I'll be checking, refreshing, and I'm going to bet it right away if it's a number that I, that I like, because it's going to move. I can guarantee you this is going to be a very public play on Twitter every year. I mean, when I say public, though, I mean like public by all the people who know what they're talking about are going to be betting it and tweeting it out, and people who are going to be tailing it. So there's going to be a lot of closing line value on it, I can guarantee it, and then that's why we're going to bet it right away. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, with his last year's stats of a whopping 1.2 receptions a game and 4.6 yards, I'm I'm expecting like a probably a plus money two and a half receptions and like a ten and a half yards. And Sanders is pretty explosive, so I could see him getting that on one catch. He definitely is capable of that. And then three receptions too at plus money, and both are going to be great looks. Could ladder up to five, ladder to like thirty receiving yards. There's going to be the value there. Uh, next one for this game is Tyler Algier over his rushing yards. And I know Bijan, oh, Bijan's like the fucking best running back in the league. Like, he's an ex-AP. And that might be true. I mean, he's good. But if he's going to take over the backfield, I highly doubt it's going to be week one. It'll probably be in, like, week seven, week eight. And that and Algier would have to be playing bad for that to happen, too. But if we look at Tyler Algier's rookie year, he he was literally like really damn good, and I think people forget that. Like he averaged or he had a thousand and thirty five rushing yards and a four point nine yards per carry. Like as a rookie, and like he's not just gonna go away. And I get that they have Cordero Patterson there too, who will probably mix in. But I mean, come on, man. Like like it's like disrespectful almost if you just cut him on the offense completely. So I think he's gonna be very involved still in Week One. Obviously. I I, I kind of just think that the market's going to overreact to Bijan, you know, like just because of all this hype he's getting, like, and if the market doesn't react, I'm not going to bet it, but I'm predicting that the market's going to just uh, project Bijan as this, like, bell cow, like 75% of the team's carries or the running back's carries, and I just don't think that's going to be the case in week one. It's also I'm out on the Panthers' offense, even though I'm betting on, <laughs> even though I'm betting on Sanders, but like I mean, it doesn't really matter. I'm out on this Panthers' offense. I think Young. I like Young, but he's a rookie quarterback, probably gonna struggle. His weapons are pretty damn bad, and when when um when Atlanta has a lead, like they are just gonna run, run, run. Like they do not give a fuck about passing. They're just gonna run, 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 and. If they control this game, which they should, or at least the neutral game strip at minimum, like the Falcons are going to go crazy in the run game. Last year, they were negative 13.1% of pass rate over expectation, which is second in the NFL for or second worst, in the, I guess worst, if that's the word you want to use. And uh, they led the league in rushing attempts last year. Their running backs got 26.7 attempts per game. So like I said, there's going to be a lot to go around. And I just think that I could be wrong, but I think that the books are just going to completely sleep on Tyler Algier. Last thing, um, I don't know if you ever heard of this, but when you're on turf, it's you kind of run faster. And uh, I just looked at his splits last year. Algier was 5.4 yards per carry at home, 4.4 on the road, which is just nice. All right. So for that game, I'm going to be looking at Miles Sanders, uh, either his receptions or receiving yards, and then Tyler Algier on his... <clears throat> Yeah, my bad. On these rushing guards. Next game, um, 
this game I have an extremely strong lead, lean, or extremely strong look. Uh, just like that Miles Sanders play, this is probably going to be, this is going to be more than a 1U or a ladder. And uh, let's rip the Band-Aid off. It is Brian Robinson over on his rushing yards and rushing attempts. That probably will uh, put a little bit on each, but that's how we're looking. So Brian Robinson, he was kind of a workhorse once he got acclimated after obviously getting shot. Last game, last eight games of the year, so second half of the year, um, he averaged 18.9 rushing attempts a game and 77.8 yards per game. His competition in running back for this year is Antonio Gibson, who I think Ron Rivera kind of openly dislikes with like he moved from the special teams. He's benched him like a billion times. Everyone in the fantasy community wants him to go crazy, but he just never gets like the opportunity, especially on the ground. Gibson over that span was at 10.1 rushing attempts per game, which is actually not bad, but like I said, uh, Robinson's at 18.9. Sam Howell is going to be starting. Well, Sam Howell, Howell likely is going to be starting, and, it's, and if that's the case, it's going to be a second career start. So, I mean, do you really think that they're going to have a pass-heavy approach with this dude making a second career start? I don't think so. Just good for the rushing game volume. And the thing about this play is that Brown Robinson, this is like a perfect matchup for him. It's against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the Commanders come in the six-point favorites. Uh, the Cardinals are favorite to favorites to be the worst record in the NFL, and uh, they ranked 22 uh, versus the run per DVOA last year. But this Cardinals team without Kyler is gonna like they're just gonna be so damn bad on offense and on defense, but especially on offense, like there's just gonna be a ton of three and outs, ton of short possessions, ton of short fields. Commanders, their front seven is elite. They're gonna like their front seven is really damn good. Their defense is pretty damn good overall too. Gonna get them off the field quick. Give the commanders good field position, chance to score, good game script, uh, dominate times of possession. I can guarantee you these first three weeks, we are gonna be targeting the hell out of running backs versus the Cardinals, at least until the markets adjust. Maybe the markets are already adjusted week one, but I highly doubt it. Usually you like to see some data behind it before. So I really don't have anything else for this game just because I am like so damn confident in Brian Robinson uh, for his rushing attempts, rushing yards. And I, Brian, Brian Robinson, he's just not a big name, really. Like, he's he's just Brian Robinson, I guess. Like, he's a solid running back, but I, I, I don't think that the books are going to come out and be like, oh, yeah, a 75-and-a-half rushing line. Like, nah. Like, I think that... Brad Robinson, he might open up around in the, like, the low 60s, maybe like a 15-and-a-half, 16-and-a-half for um, his rushing attempt line. And this this game just screams like 20 for 90 and a touchdown. So I think that Robinson is just in a really great spot in week one. And I'm very confident that I will end up play this his rushing yards or rushing attempts, probably both, maybe even touchdown, you know. Drop prize picks, hammer those over fantasy points. <laughs> All right, uh, next game. We got the Jags at the Colts. And to be honest, like, there's a lot of, like, a lot of um, variance in this game, especially on the Colts side, because we just don't know with Jonathan Taylor. Anthony Richardson actually just got announced that he will be starting week one, which is really good because I kind of based all my stuff off that. But the Jaguars come in as three and a half point favorites. And uh, I think that line does really make sense, if I'm going to be honest. They are on the road, but, I mean, this Jags team, Trevor really took that step forward. Peterson's a good coach. I mean, 
the Colts. I just like I'm out on this Colts team, man. Especially like Richardson. I hope he pans out, but mm-hmm. and like that 54% completion in college. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be that good in year one. So I I definitely lean to the Jags winning this game comfortably, and so because of that, I instantly look to the Jacksonville Jaguars running game and. It's a little different this year. Travis Etienne was kind of a bell cow after they released, the Jags released James Robinson. And to be honest, like, he had some, he had some really good runs. So that's who he is. He's a very explosive runner. He'll bust out some super loud runs. But he also was not good in short yardage, was not good in the receiving game. And because of that, the Jags drafted Tank, Tank Bigsby in the third round. And he's been getting up a lot of hype. He's been getting a lot of hype. Um, from beat reporters, from training camp. And I really think that Doug Peterson wants to use a two running back system at the bare minimum. So I kind of, I'm looking, I'm looking at, I'm gonna be look, paying, att- paying very close attention to what, how they price ETN and Tank. Cause I think they could both be viable in this matchup. But my gut's telling me that Tank Bigsby is gonna be a little bit slept on because ETN was very good last year. And Tank is a rookie who is a third rounder. He might not get that much hype. So I think that we might get a really low line for Tank on his rushing attempts or rushing yards. I think that rushing attempts would be the move if they really set line because of the short yardage stuff. Like if he's going to be asked to get pick up two or three yards, that means that a carry would be way more valuable than a rushing attempt there. But like I said, ETN could be viable too. I just think that, like I said, kind of like with the same – my reasoning for Brian Robinson. I think that an Anthony Richardson line offense, especially if Jonathan Taylor isn't there, a lot of three and outs, a lot of short drives, give the Jags a chance to uh, score some points, start playing from ahead, and just create a really run heavy environment for the Jags. That's kind of what I'm looking at from the Jags side. On the Colts side, um, I really think that Anthony Richardson on his rushing attempts is going to. A smash, especially in this week, in these early weeks. Like I said earlier, Richardson, he's just such a raw passer. You're not gonna like you'd be it would be bad coaching to have him come out and just throw the ball like 35 times. Like that's not gonna happen. Especially if Taylor's out, then he's gonna have to do a lot more running. Even if Taylor's in, though, like I really don't care. Another uh, solid edge here is uh, the. The Colts' new head coach is Shane Steichen, who is coming over from Philadelphia. And if you remember in Philly, obviously they ran Jalen Hurts a lot, but for the rushing attempts angle, you remember that little cheating ass play that they run where where Hurts is under center and like they come back, come from behind and just like shove him. Like I don't, that play should not be fucking legal. Like it, like come on, that shit is cheating. But they did not ban it. It's still legal, so best believe that. They got a athletic ass six four, like two fifty quarterback. Like they're gonna be doing that in short yarded situations. So that's why I really am gonna look to, uh, towards Anthony Richardson on his over rushing attempts. And even if like I, I mentioned that I think that the Colts are gonna struggle stay on the field. I'm gonna play from behind, but playing from behind that's gonna create a lot of scrambling opportunities too. So I I, I think that. They're gonna come out and undervalue Richardson's rushing attempts a little bit, just because I mean he's a rookie, he's a quarterback. So when you think about quarterback, you don't think just straight rushing, you know. But so those are my two plays. I, I also want to mention that I'm 
gonna be taking because I know I haven't even like looked I haven't even mentioned any pass unders any unders in these podcasts yet all the Colts receiving unders for receptions yards just if you if they come out and they aren't reflective of that they're playing with uh, probably the most raw quarterback prospect in a long time even with a bad game script if the numbers, the receivers, Pittman, Pierce, those guys, if their lines aren't representative of that, I will be taking their unders too. All right, next game. Next and last game. We got the uh, 49ers at the Pittsburgh Steelers. So when I think of these two teams, obviously you think, oh, San Francisco's way better. Um, and I agree with that too. But this is just kind of my gut speaking. Pittsburgh's scrappy-ass team. They got a really good coach, Mike Tomlin. They're at home. I kind of think this line's actually accurate. You know, make San Francisco short favorites. I think this game will be close. I think it'll be scrappy. And I'm just going to be real with y'all. San Francisco, their weapons are so, like, all over. They're so all over the place. You know, you just it's maybe McCaffrey might be consistent, but Debo, he'll, Debo, IU, Kittle, they'll just randomly go, like, one or two receptions for, like, 10 to 20 yards like it's super annoying if you're betting on them but the reason why I'm mentioning this is because I'm just going to avoid uh, 49ers the 49ers skill players in week one and I'm just going <laughs> to wait to see which one of those three guys maybe even McCaffrey it, those four guys just doesn't do shit and whenever guy does that do shit I'm going to bet on them in week two after the Lions overreact to them doing bad so, just getting that out of the way, uh, I will not be betting on any 49ers players in week one. I'll be buying low on whatever player is the odd man out in week one. Let's get on over to the Pittsburgh side. This one is ugly. I'm not even going to lie. This one is extremely ugly. <laughs> but Allen Robinson over at his receptions. So, Robinson, he was awful last year. Like, there's no getting around that. But the Rams were playing him as, like, an X receiver. And Robinson, at this point in his career, is not built for that. He's not good enough to do that. And Cooper Cup, obviously, is arguably a top three receiver when healthy. I mean, I don't even think that should be a debate, really, with the numbers he puts up. Stafford and Cup had that connection. Robinson was playing out of place. And Robinson was bad. He was really, really bad. But because of that, um, we should get a pretty damn low number in week one, I think. In Pittsburgh, he'll be play, he's been playing the slot all camp. He was playing the slot in preseason. Uh, in preseason, he was on the field for all the first-team reps. He's been playing first-team reps all um, all training camp. He's actually been getting a lot of positive reports, too, from B-Riders. And that's probably because he's playing in the slot. I mean, he's a, he can get offline pretty fast. He's a veteran receiver with good hands. He can find the holes in the zone. His eight-out will be pretty damn low, I'd guess, playing in the slot which is why only I'm only looking at his over-receptions, not yards. And he also doesn't really have that yak juice anymore or that downfield juice, which is reflective on how bad he was at the Rams. But anyway, so I think we're just going to get a really long line here because if you think about it, I think the books are, are going to be higher, obviously. They're probably going to say that Deontay is going to have more receptions. Pickens is going to have more receptions. Fryer is going to have more receptions. Like Najee and Warren are each going to get involved. So Al Robinson is just going to be the odd man out. Uh, according to the books. And coupling that with how bad he was last year, I think that there's a very good chance that we get like a two and a half reception line or something like that. There's something very low. 
I'm going to get into the matchup against the 49ers. Obviously, the Niners have a very elite run defense. They ranked number two against the rush per DVOA last year. And they got Nick Bosa. They got a couple other guys. Their pass rush is also very elite. Steelers have Najee, who I'm going to get into in a little bit. But Najee is not an efficient runner at all. And going against this Niners run defense, uh, they're not going to find – I just don't see them finding much success against run. With the pass rush – being so elite with San Francisco, uh, quick quick throws. Pickens is probably going to not do anything. Pickens under is going to be a very good look. Under receptions, under yards. But with his pass rush, I like to think that low eight out guys might get a little spike in targets here, which is what Robinson should be. So I kind of think that the matchup actually benefits Allen a little bit. So just all that stuff combined, I think Robinson's going to this this Lubbery's line is going to be extremely low and. Because of that, given a decent matchup, I kind of think that he bounces back this year. Not bounces back to being like elite, but bounces back to not being awful. <laughs> bounces back from not being awful. But, yeah, so Al Robinson over his receptions. And I also want to talk about another guy who is a little slept on, but Jalen Warren, he's the uh, backup running back to Najee Harris. But he really came along – Last year, he started getting more involved and more involved. He had some games of, like, 12 touches, 15 touches, 9 touches to end the year. Uh, he was, like, really good. And when you look at his efficiency, he was uh, 12th in true yards per carry, 11th in yards per touch, 5th in juke rate, 16th in breakaway run rate. So all good. And then if you look at Najee, it's, like, 59th in true yards per carry, 52nd in yards per touch, like 51st and breakaway run rate. I mean, I get I get that Najee has his first round draft capital, but at some point, Steelers are. I expect the Steelers to be like, okay, Najee, like, can you actually start being good? Like, in this your third year now, like, you got to produce. Jalen Warren's outproducing you, so that's what I'm. I, I think I'm just going to be a little bit high on Jalen Warren coming in, and I just wanted to talk about him because. If the books are going to be really low on him, like a low 30s and rushing plus receiving combo, even in this bad matchup, I just think that Warren this year is going to be like a 9 to 12 touches guy with a few of those being receptions. And given like the matchup, obviously the matchup's tough, but the books are probably going to put his line a little bit lower, you know? So I think Jalen Warren's a guy who I'm going to be giving a look and might play uh, an over on his rushing and receiving yards if it's low enough. And that's it for this week. Um, next week, we'll be going over four more games. And I actually think I'm going to, uh, in between this pod and the next pod, I'm going to, I drafted a fantasy team this weekend. And this isn't a fantasy football pod at all. But I think it would make sense because obviously every player I draft in fantasy, I think is going to be good this year or else I wouldn't be drafting them. But I think I'm, I think I'm going to go over my, the players I drafted in fantasy and I'll say why I dropped them, drafted them, not dropped them, and how, how I'm going to approach their uh, props in the market. So I think I'll be coming at you guys with that in between this and the next week of the way too early uh, week one player prop look ahead video. But anyways, hope you guys enjoyed this one. Peace.